0: all right hello everyone thanks again for joining us on another episode of neon talk a podcast about innovation motivation and inspiration it's episode 91 and uh, to again again today our guest is Caleb Smith joining us and um, I'm really excited to have you back thanks again for coming oh
1: yeah okay. very happy to be back
0: yeah. I mean it's, I like how like consistently together we keep these podcasts just enough time has been like spent to have something to talk about, but it feels like I still just talked to you like the other day. Oh yeah. But, um, all right. Well, I mean, like, let's get into it. Last time we uh, we talked, we were talking about kind of the beginning of the progression of uh, CBS eSports and everything with the idea of it, just kind of the start of the build of it. So kind of like we were just talking about while we before we hopped on live here. Um, tell me a little bit more of the details of kind of what's been going on with your world, how this whole like length of time that has been spent, even in the two months with COVID and everything that's been going on in the world, how has it affected the growth of I mean, I guess what you expected to be at in the beginning of the year versus kind of like where you are now.
1: Okay, absolutely. So at the beginning of the year, you know, I was expecting my gaming center to be open, you know, look around March time and then expect to have gone to playthrough and other gaming conventions. But, you know, then COVID happened. And so, you know, there are, like, I was speaking to a consultant. He said, there are good times and there are bad times. And I said to him, well, what's this time? He said, this is a bad time. I'm like, that's, that's kind of an understatement. <clears throat> but the thing is, you know, the people that come out ahead, the ones that learn, you know, take the bad times and the good times. And then people talk about <clears throat> all the companies that were started, you know, during recessions, which this is way worse than anything we've had in like the past 100 years.
0: Yeah.
1: Besides the depression. But pretty much, and I was looking at lots of companies that were founded during, you know, 2008, 2009 period. And it was companies like Airbnb and a lot of, you know, technology online companies. And we saw how companies like Zoom, I mean, they shot up. They did extremely well, Zoom, Facebook, even Amazon. And then I was noticing, okay, anything that's online is doing extremely well, you know, during this time. You mm-hmm. know, obviously, eSports is not something that's online. Everyone thinks, oh, it's video games people play online. I'm like, guys, no, that it is not online. Maybe five years from now when we have 5G, which is extremely harmful, we're going to get into that. But in, like, five years from when we have 5G and everyone's internet is perfect, then, and there's some way for to make sure no one breaks the rules in any tournaments, then, you know, eSports can be online. But as of now, esports really has to be in land centers, simply due to the fact that there are so many moving parts within it. Because, you see, we have just people not playing by the rules, trying to keep score, and the equipment somebody may be using, you know, people always cheating. And plus, I live in Pittsburgh, rural area, and terrible internet, and mine goes out all the time when playing. (laughs) and for esports i was considering getting a pc for the past few years getting a pc would not work well just simply due to the fact that we have bad internet so esports you know has to be done at a land center but at the same time if that can't be done we have to improvise like we see so many online tournaments happening now and now everything really has to be online and so the question that really came to me was like okay and we talked about it last episode yeah. What is a business I can, you know, bring online? And then the whole thing of, you know, coaching for eSports happened mm-hmm. online. Obviously, it would be much better to do it in person, just like it's much better to have meetings in person where you have to. You do them on Zoom. And so because of that, I was like, well, we do coaching in person at the gaming center. as and, and at any time... If something like this would have happened again, then, you know, we could just move it online. Obviously, it's not as good of an experience. But the thing is, all the money that was dumped into esports with all the tournaments that were happening, you know, is very attractive to people. Because they're like, oh, well, you know, I can still make money or they can still stream. A lot of people have been talking about, they said, yeah, I haven't had a job for the past few months. I've just been working on growing my stream and they've been doing that and generating some revenue from that. So there's a wide range of options. And so one thing that the main thing, well, all it's really coaching. But Mm -hmm. what we're going to be doing is coaching, you know, just the individual games and in streaming as well. And then the other side to it is, I was thinking because I've always wanted to have a team of my own, but it's a lot of responsibility, you know, to have one, and it takes a very long time to actually build up, and very few people can have actually done it successfully. And I was just thinking, you know, when well, my dad he brought up the idea as well. When I was younger, you now I played soccer growing up, and then when I went and played in Germany, and I was like, well, and he said, well, you know. Kids play when they're younger. Parents pay pay for their kids to play. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. And so we created a model that's very affordable. As of now, it's only $125 a month. Can't say it won't go up, probably will. (laughs) But they pay money, and then the kids come onto a team. And so just say, and they get a six-month contract. So we are doing this to simulate a professional environment and so then that means after that six months, you know, they can either be re-signed or dropped after that. And players could be bought on at any time. So obviously, just say in August, we may have five players bought on, and then you know in October we may bring on two more. And so then some competition for the starting spots, which is how it is in professional. And what we really what are aiming to do. It serves as a feeder system for colleges and professional teams. I know within this whole COVID that's been happening, a lot of colleges have been considering the the fact of getting, you know, esports teams at their colleges. I know there's a few in North Carolina that has it, that have them, and over 100 colleges in the U.S. do have them. And I know locally, Jordan High School, they've had an esports, official esports team, and like, I believe it's called the... High school esports association. Nice, don't quote me on that. But <laughs> we've been in it for a while. And then okay. we were just talking about it because we had a coaches meeting on Saturday. But we were just talking about that. And then I said to Barn Jordan, the only one, he said, Oh, no, Green Hope are looking to get into it. And many, and some other schools are now because now it's becoming more of an acceptable thing that people are realizing. And like always, club sports, I mean, besides football and lacrosse, are always better than school sports. Simply due to the fact that you're restricted to a district in school sports and there really are no restrictions in club sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know people that they drive two hours for practice every day, you know, for their kids. Like, that's just one way, two hours there, two hours back. They live in Charlotte and come to Raleigh. I'm like, really? But, you know, when someone's dedicated enough and really want the opportunity they'll do it. And so within the youth academy, we have our teams and each team has a coach on it. And then for some games like Overwatch and League of Legends that have high, that have more players in the roster and that different roles, because just like in regular sports dispositions, we may have two or three coaches to help out or just because you they know, don't need more attention within that. And we're looking to simulate a professional environment. And so we still are playing in, you know, the regular leagues that everyone else is in. You know, some are different because there's different rules and regulations within age. So the minimum age is 12 and a half. But the way it works is I tell the coaches, because obviously it's very challenging for me to keep up with five games. I said, you all make the rules for your team. So if they say, oh, we have to be 15 in order to play in the league for this game. I said, okay, well, then make it 14 and a half or something. And the reason why we allow half a year beforehand is so that we can develop them, you know, for six months beforehand. So they can get used to being in the team environment, and know how it works. So when they are old enough that they can hop right into it and they don't have to completely learn a new system and how things work. <clears throat> and then as well, so we're going to be having to compete in all the leagues that the teams offer. Like Riot Games, they offer their own League of Legends League. Dionics offer their own rocket league competition and the great thing i love about games like rocket league see games like overwatch call of duty which we don't have call of duty and league of legends they're franchised out which means you pay a franchise fee and they have to be expanding in the teams in order to get into it you could have the best league of legends team in the world but the thing is all your players are going to leave Because you're not going to be able to afford to pay them. And then they want to play in the LCS or Overwatch League, whereas you're not in that. So even though your team is extremely good, they're all going to end up leaving. Our goal is for these gamers to leave. And I hope they (laughs) leave and go play in the LCS because that would be fantastic. But a game like Rocket League, any team can make it into the RLCS, so a team, teams out of nowhere. It's their first year being on a team, so there's a group of friends. They go, they win, they qualify for DreamHack. It happened with the Muffin Men, which became Cloud9 that recently broke up, which is really sad about, so now NRG thing. And the Peeps, I think it was last year. And, and these teams can come out of nowhere and get to the highest league simply due to the fact that it's not franchised out. Which there are some plus and minuses about that, about franchising and that we can get into later if we want to. <clears throat> but overall, and even if you know, a lot a lot of players, their goal may be to go collegiate. And as well, eventually, I know most sports organizations, they have their top team, a second, third, third, fourth team. And we were all looking to do that eventually with it. Obviously, we had to start where we are now, just looking to do five different games, maybe six, and then building one team, building that up well, and then looking to expand on from there and, you know, doing the coaching. And what I didn't mention about the coaching is we're doing exclusively one-on-one coaching. Might do, you know, allow two people to do it at once. But as far as group training goes, we are looking to add that in the future. But at the moment, we said that one-on-one training is enough and then plus i have to run continue esports as well don't want to overwhelm myself so we're making sure we're starting at a good spot where we can actually grow and develop from there
0: wow i feel like i need to take a breath after like listening to all that like <laughs> goddamn <laughs> no but that was that, wow um you hit on like so many factors right there that just like really intrigued me um so first of all, it's really interesting to me that um, like schools themselves are starting to like integrate this type of like esports world into that sort of like a curriculum or like club like club base like you were talking about. Um, did you expect that so soon? And do you think it's like how how long ago, as far as like you're aware, did that kind of start working its way in?
1: So high school eSports have been around for a while. I know when I was in eighth grade, I had a friend, he was either going to go to two schools. One was Jordan or the other was Research Triangle. He went to Research Triangle, but but they were a charter school. And he was saying that he was being recruited to play for, which it wasn't called eSports back then, it was called video gaming. He was saying for like, for Jordan. Video game club because he was pretty good. He played every single day. Yeah. So I knew that they had clubs, <clears throat> and I knew that high schools were getting into esports. But I still viewed it a little bit more as a club. Then I think yeah. that at a time like now has really opened up people's eyes. And then, especially last year, when the sixteen-year-old won three million dollars. I know I was in an Uber, an Uber driver. Something that he told his son he needed to get better at Fortnite, and before he's probably like get off that game it's a waste of time and so people's mindsets have really shifted and another thing that we do is we tell parents your kids can get a college scholarship and parents don't care what it is yeah. they don't have to pay for their kid's college you know they'll do it they can do it whether it's chess the spelling bee you know, anything you know <clears throat> free money is free money and the thing as well, since they have such a passion for video games, you know, maybe they could, you know, take up computer programming or something like that, and then go on to, you know, work for one of those video game companies, or even just say, you're a photographer. Well, all these esports orgs have photographers. You could go on to work for one of them, and they have something in your resume and say, oh, yeah, I played for a youth organization and went and played in college. You know, that's... Look, that's very attractive, you know, when mm-hmm. looking to get a job. And so it's not just this thing of oh, play videos, play videos, play video games. It's actually, you know, it's teamwork, it's strategy, and there's lots of different components within video games. And another common thing that people think, which I have to think of the numbers, there was a study done, and it was that most people that play video games know there's a stereotypical overweight lives in their parents basement you know doesn't have any friends type but even if somebody is like that especially you know what i'm doing with contender esports we're providing a place you know from people actually come together meet friends and and have fun but gamers honestly like myself i'm a gamer they aren't those type of people most you know are active, you know. I mean, a lot of people have unhealthy diets, but and, and then you know, go out and a sociable things like that. I mean, obviously, you do have your hardcore gamers that don't do anything else, but at all these esports events that I go to, when you look at the gamers that are competing, all of them look, you know, normal size. I mean, not like the overweight or unhealthy, anything like that. And they're actually encouraged by the team and have a nutritionist because they're talking about how the foods for the brain, if you put the right foods in the brain, that will will translate into, you know, better playing and getting the proper sleep. And then talk about, you know, getting up every hour for about five minutes and then walking around, go outside, getting sunlight, physical exercise, because all that's going to enhance and improve, you know, your performance. And so that could actually start getting so many gamers to, Sleep better, eat healthy, things like that. Now, as far as as the streamers go, because that's more about being entertaining than actually being good. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we talk about our coaches, me, it's yeah. Lenity, I believe her name is. She was a streamer. You know, she's been getting banned for stuff on her Twitch on um, the shirt. They just got <laughs> funny. And you know, Dr. Disrespect just got banned. But they would talk about her. And I was like, she's not even good. She's just hot. Like, yeah, that's what so many people watch her. i like, like, why not watch Brooke A.B.? She's a streaming for 100 B's. I'm like, she's hot and she's good. So, like, I'd rather watch her. But, you know, that's what, really what it comes to, you know, within streaming. It's more like being a music artist. It's really it's not really so much who's the best. It's who markets themselves the best. Yeah, You know, who gets the name out. I mean, someone like Ninja. I mean, the things that he's done, the brand he's built, and then Ninja is an influence. Like, he's not esports. Like, these streamers, and some are, but um, most aren't esports. The ones that just do it for them, that play for a team, do it for money, are. But they're influencers. They're looking to build their personal brand. And then especially, this is another thing we help out with the coaching portion, we teach them and help them improve their, you know, personal brands. Because a lot of players that don't get signed and they don't get noticed, recognized and don't build up a good following platform simply due to the fact that they don't market themselves and put themselves out there and that people don't know who they are. And so if you don't build, you know, such a great base on social media, then I mean, you're not really going to get to that high level because, and then what people don't realize they think that, you know, video the esports gamers and these streamers like, oh, they just get on a stream for eight hours a day. It's like, no, they do get on a stream for eight hours a day. And then they, you know, spend two, three hours doing their social media and taking clips from games and posting more. And people really don't realize how much work it actually takes Mm -hmm. when they, He's like, oh, I want to be a streamer. They think, oh, if so you play a game, you'd be pretty good at it. Your friends are going to support you. And then more people will find you. And, and then no. I mean, there are millions of streamers out there. And you really have to go out and brand yourself to do really well. <clears throat> and you have to be consistent with it. Because I know some people, they'll start, they'll be doing it well for two months, start building up their stream, and then they'll go, you know, MIA for three weeks, which really can't happen. And so that's the main thing, you know, all those things, we are really helping them with, the gamers with, and pushing forward. And then something else I didn't mention, we are looking to start amateur teams as well. So, you know, obviously we wouldn't want our gamers from the youth academy going into the amateur league, maybe on like the, if we had like a second or third team. We're looking for those guys to go play in college, but we'll say somebody graduates from college wants to, you know, just play for fun afterwards, you know, that's a good option, playing the amateur team. And as well, we're partnering with a team called Infinite. They're based they're out in Wilmington, and then they have gamers all over because in Pro, you can't expect everyone to be living in the same spot unless if you want to spend a lot of money on housing them, which means... You know, when everyone looks at pro, I mean, saying professional sports, like looking at the NFL and like, oh, they make a bunch of money, live in huge houses. Um, my thing is, guys, I was a professional athlete. That's only, you know, 2% max of professional athletes. I mean, think about all those Olympians. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them go pro and things like that. So if people win a gold medal and they end up going back and working at a local ice cream parlor, I mean, it's not just this whole glamorous thing that you think. And I mean, mean, on teams like that, I mean, there'll be gamers in Colorado and Arizona all over the state. And then they'll be making, you know, $500 a month. So obviously they have to have another job and streaming on top of that.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. But that does serve as a good base for gamers to get recognized and then get to a higher level. And so there's many different levels. And within Esports, there hasn't really been an automatic feeder system set up yet. So, I mean, there's still lots of years to come. But pretty much the amateur team will also serve as, you know, an amateur team for infinite. So they have a lot of gamers that reach out to them. Obviously, they cannot sign all of them. And then, But it's the, for the ones that are really serious, they can come and play for our amateur team. And so then when Infinite want, you know, a gamer, you know, well, they say, well, hey, we want this gamer to play for your team. I'll say, all right, sounds good. I'll sign them. And then when they're good enough to say, hey, I want this game, I'm like, okay, here you go. And the gamer goes and plays for Infinite. Same thing with the Youth Academy, but that would be a little bit different because you don't want to push them too fast, you know, to a professional environment when you know they still need the development. Cause in most pro teams, you don't get a coach or, and it's just, you're on your own, to, you know, be responsible to those things. No one really holding you accountable. And plus if someone's 14, 15 years old, that may not go too well for them. I mean, if it was, you know, Team Liquid that came and said they wanted a gamer, I'd be like, okay, here you go. I, you know, I'll tell the parents, is, yeah, make sure you read the contract, you know, very carefully and get an attorney. But the thing is, that's a team, you know, you want to push them towards as opposed to, you know, a team that may have not figured it out and like, oh, they can make, you know, $500 a month. I say, well, $500 a month is really nothing. And plus, when it can come at the expense of destroying your career, you really don't want to do that. And our youth academy goes from 12 and a half to 18. If you're 18 and you're a senior in high school, you can still play until like you like month you graduate <clears throat> but it's pretty much that gamers can go into college and pro you know from there
0: wow man I mean, like this is like I kind of said earlier before we even hopped on here, like this is another reason why I love having you on here. You just touch on so many of the things that I try to remind the the viewers out there, like with this podcast. I mean, you touch on the how the perspective has changed, how we've got more people driven and actually goal setting to like go towards these things and like have the perspectives of their parents and everything else and everyone around them actually doing a little bit more supporting. And then, you know, you also have the whole branding aspect of it. You know, that's such a big part to growing yourself as a gamer and just like as an entrepreneur in general, which is essentially what all these kind of like streamers are. They're little entrepreneurs because you have to create that entire structure of like consistency between your streams and everything you're doing, the content that you're putting out to stay like relevant and stay creative because there is a set, I mean, it is becoming a saturated market more than like before, like you were saying when it was just video gaming and not actually esports. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I think that's, it's absolutely amazing. Um, like what your company and what everything is, kind of how you integrated it all between the youth, between the coaching and just the teams itself. Uh, Do you actually personally help run these, I mean, coaching teams? I know obviously you go to the meetings and you know, you founded the entire company and stuff, but with the actual like more one-on-ones or are you going to kind of have other people and integrate that in a different way too?
1: To answer that, (laughs) As far as coaching specifically, no, because I'm not really that good at anything. And so all the coaches were personally chosen. So I went out, you know, talked to a lot of different people that are interested in coaching. And then I actually hired a GM for CBS Esports. And his name's Kyle. He was a former fear player. And it was back in, it's like the early 2000s. In ten that deck is like 2010, 2014, yeah. about sometime around then. And he said back then it was all online. That was a lot of fun playing, but I know he had lots of experience being a gamer. I mean, he was, he's really good at first-person shooter games, like, you know, CSGO, and and plays others, and I was like, oh, and I asked him, you know, and he said he'd be interested, you know, in running it, and the thing that's so great is that he was a former pro, and he understands, you know, how teams work and how things can be. He's also, he's coming up with, you know, new ideas, and then he interviewed all the coaches, and he found good ones to put on the organization, and from there, and so pretty much how it works is at the you make all the decisions except for monetary ones, and then uh, I prefer for him to, which he is. I said you like the coach. I want the coaches, you know, to make all the decisions, you know, within their game because when you have a team, and, and it's just for instance, you have let's say you have Fortnite. Mm. Well, <clears throat> you get sessions. You may it may be a training session, <clears> or <throat> where you work on something specific, or it may be you know where you just go play in Atlanta, you know, at the eSports, we run our tournaments at eSports Arena, which are located in Walmart and Holly Springs, 10 miles away from us. They have on products and they may take them there, you know, and compete at eSports Arena. So, and the thing is, with all these tournaments, leagues, everything that's going on, and the thing is, nobody can keep up with all this for five games. I mean, I don't know anyone who keeps up with it better than I do. And, <laughs> I still I mean Rocket League and Overwatch are the main two that I know and Overwatch I don't even know any of the players names I just know the teams and those, the standing that stuff but there's so much within and involved and then when when does the season start when does the e- season end is there a spring split in Rocket League they just announced that there is a they're doing a three things like a three different leagues and then it's going to have like three majors and a world championship. I'm trying to move. But, and that just was announced you know, a couple of weeks ago. Things are always changing. Mm-hmm. We have one coach. He literally does not know anything except for League of Legends, which doesn't matter because he's a League of Legends coach. So why mm-hmm. doesn't he know anything else? And so they'll always stay up to date. Just stay up to date on the rules of the game, <clears throat> on you know when updates are made, the new strategies. It's like I know for Fortnite – they had for arenas, which is a, where you can actually move up and get paid from winning tournaments, and plus there's another thing, collegiate esports athletes can make money while playing, you know, like in the NCAA, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> yeah. I, I, I know last uh, last season, or, not, or last chapter, it was singles and, singles and duos, it was solos and duos, and now it's those and trios, and so I was angry about that because I played Fortnite. But the thing is, if I didn't, then it's up to the coach to know. And because there's so many moving factors within it, it's really up to the coaches to run it because they know best. And we chose such great coaches for the games that I really trust their ability to run it. And plus, we have a GM to organize everything. So my involvement with it is really on a more corporate standard as far as, you know, partnerships. And obviously, I still go out and meet with people because that's how, you know, I find different coaches. But, and one thing I didn't mention, our coaching, we're offering for just about any game. As far as the Youth Academy, we're only going to have about five, six games. But then for just regular one-on-one coaching, you know, we'll offer just about any game that we have a solid coach for.
0: That's awesome. I mean, I love the 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 diversity that you have within the team and the coaches, and like I said, everything that you're offering in general. So I guess to kind of um, like slow down our conversation and backpedal a little bit more to. Um, just like the growth of where you're going now. Um, As I mentioned kind of in the beginning, how, you know, I've seen the progression of this go from an idea to an actual building and a structure. And now, you know, everything you've been talking about today. Um, Where are you kind of projecting yourself now for everything with opening up and everything along those lines? I know as well, we've talked on the phone personally about, how the structure of COVID and everything is also, like, you know, always a factor as well. So can you tell me a little bit about, like, that part of it?
1: So moving forward, as if we're going to be open when we want to, our fiber internet has been the holdup. And the main thing is there's nothing we can do because just the permit with the city, the town of carries just <laughs> difficult in general and you know with you know a lot of people being furloughed and things like that and working at a slower pace those are just taking longer and it happened earlier with the other construction processes as well. Yeah. We're estimated to be opening in late August and then we'll start CVS Esports around the same time obviously because we're not you know able to open <clears throat> we'll start that until we can open and then we're going to move on from there as far as projections go, a lot of people have been asked when we going to open, still really excited about it. I think a lot of the, you know, Corona scare has gone down. And then a lot of people realize too, you know, they say like the people that have really, you know, gotten out people with the compromised immune system. Like I said the other day, I mean, I mean there were 30 people at a gathering, not going to say where, which may be illegal, not really sure. But yeah. I mean, it's really started, you know, tone down a little bit with how it is. And, like, you know, they all talk about a second wave and, you know, more people getting it. But then, and we also have to look at the effects because at first, you know, no one knew how bad it was. And the media was just putting out, oh, you know, these people dying and how and these people living, how bad the condition is. And now more people realize that, oh, yeah, this person had it, that person had it. And then it's just, oh, yeah, they got sick, and a week later they were fine. So they. think... I really don't think that's going to affect it a lot. And plus, as long as you have, you know, hand sanitizer wipes, then it, everything should be fine. I know when I was in Springfield that training, I mean, for them, the coronavirus wasn't even a big deal. And then there, I mean, really no one was wearing masks, maybe at a, employees at a few places that I went to. And then, you know, no one cared about, you know, touching the same equipment, anything like that. So... You know, my, whole, my, my whole thing is, too, if you're worried, concerned about it, don't come. I mean, if you're like, I ever want everyone to wear a mask to be completely wiped down and everything after that. And my thing is, like, if, if you're that concerned about it, don't come then. So <clears throat> that's what we're moving forward with that. And as far as other projections, really not a whole lot that we can really project at this moment. Simply due to the fact that our opening date, you know, yeah. will be... A month, at least a month and a half. And from now, you know, we're going to continue to progress with everything that we're doing, still continue on with the whole marketing plan and, you know, going out, meeting, connecting with people. And then people are shaking hands now. So I don't know, man, in, I still do the fist bump thing. <laughs> What I, I do now is I say to people, I'm like, I'm fine with shaking hands or whatever. I mean, was yeah. I'm not going to, like, put my hand out there and make them be rude or anything like that. But I say, I'm fine with shaking hands. Whatever you want to do, I'm fine with. But, and, and I mean, I was really never too concerned about it anyways. But, and then one other thing is, since I don't have a lot for, about the projections, you know, mm-hmm. of everything that's happening, but. I'll tell you about this one special project that I'm planning. Tell oh, me. So you know, there are <clears throat> land events that are large land events that happen locally. Mm-hmm. And I know I was speaking to the of someone that takes part in running playthrough convention and it happens all over the country. Well you no, know, just the East Coast. And they do galaxy kind of some other events, but they happen throughout the Convention Center. And then they say for a two-day event. They have to pay fourteen thousand dollars for the internet, and it's not even all that great. And I'm just like fourteen thousand because they need better internet than the convention has, but yeah. still not uh, you know where it needs to be you know for esports. And then I know other people that run events, you know, just such as TEC, CGS, and that all that happened fairly locally. It was Triangle Esports Championship in Cary, but there's so many moving factors. <clears throat> they have to bring in the PCs, they have to get the staff, they have to organize the date. And then these events are planned out, you know, eight months before they actually happen. And then something seems to always go wrong at them. <clears throat> and then people talk about, oh, it was a poor event, this happened to happen. And then what I came to realize, I went to those events, I was like, were they poor? Yes, they could have been done a whole lot better. I said, but the it really was out of control for the people that were organizing them. Because the thing is, there's so many moving factors and anything that can go bad, seems like it did. Because when you really have to you know, get the equipment, bring it in, things like that, and they'll try to do everything and market it, it's so challenging. And because people have to do it on a budget as well. And so I came up with the idea, I said, okay, but well, what if you make a large venue, you know, for tournaments to be run? And so you have this large venue, you know, you have your 100, 150 PCs there, and then you have a stage with, you know, some seating for people to watch. So if you're in like the quarterfinals, semis, finals that people can watch, then we could have that <clears throat> there. The internet's already built in, PCs are already built in. Everything's made to actually, you know, run these tournaments as well. So then pretty much all you have to do is market the event and put it on because is there aren't all those moving parts that you had before. And so I said, Well, they work tournaments work well at gaming centers, you know, because we have these. So I said this is pretty much just a larger version of it. But at the same time, you're not going to make money just off of running a large tournament every single weekend. Mm-hmm. But I think I said, well, what I am doing now is, you know, the whole youth academy and coaching looking to expand that. And I said, plus continuing esports is a business itself, you know, having another bit, which we do rent the space from them. But having another business come in and rent the space, I said, it's going to be way too much just for that amount to handle. I said if you will have a hundred people, you know, come in for coaching, playing on a youth team, as it there's no way it can sustain that many. I said, but that new facility could. And so I designed and came up with a plan. It's gonna be fifteen thousand square feet. We only need ten. The reason for the fifteen thousand is because I'm not sure if you heard about the sim racing that was coming up. I think we briefly but- talked about it. Lots of like Formula One, NASCAR, those drivers were getting into, you know, the simulator racing. And they is it's actually very good to help improve your performance. But obviously you can't have actual, which they started again, have those events. But they need something to do in the meantime, you know, keep people engaged about the sport. So they started doing sim racing. So that became more popular. And then VR is on the rise as well, as well as mobile esports, which that takes on the same space as you know PC. But and so when well, I came to the I said, okay, you we're just gonna be looking for you know a warehouse side of the road, you know, renovate it and open this place up. I said, might as well get fifteen thousand because you know in the next five, ten years, those things will really be coming up. It may even be sooner than that. Like, VR will become more popular in eSports. You know, mobile gaming is already on the rise. You know, PUBG gaming, Clash Royale, <clears throat> Fortnite. A lot of people play mobile. Call of Duty mobile is pretty big. Mm-hmm. That's all thing Obviously, with the mobile, it's pretty easy. I mean, you just take the PC away, and you have the chair and desk there, and, you know, person can play on that mobile device. But then, you know, VR takes more space, and so does sim racing. So we're allowing for the space, for when we do need VR and them racing. I mean, that is one thing you do have to anticipate, you know, for the future we're going to need. But we're also going to put in different team training rooms so they could be a private space, you know, our teams to train in. And then we're going to be doing all the things that I talked about. And it also serve as an office space, you know, for the team too. So we would have a production room and a regular office, a conference room. And then we're going to have uh, stream rooms as well so just say a pretty big name person comes in or infinite since they have people all over if we say hey we, we want you to do a stream camp for the week so they can still come in you know be able to stream without having to worry about oh because that's how they make their living is off of streaming so they don't do that they're not making money you know, so they don't have to worry about any of that and it was really you know for CVS Esports and to provide, you know, larger tournaments for the community. Because, you know, at Concerned Esports, we run, you know, smaller tournaments, more amateur level. But then this would allow for, and the and the and within the business plan, the money is made off of CVS Esports. So with, even without the tournaments, you know, the business is sustainable. Obviously, when we want the tournaments there. Because I know for Triangle Esports Championship, the guy in 2018, You know, in 2019, he said they had people come from Florida, Kentucky for the tournament. I'm like, just for a one-day tournament, people came from there. Because, you know, obviously when you have a $2,000, $3,000 prize pool, that's very attractive. And so if we we can get, you know, $5,000, $10,000 prize pools, you know, we can attract people from all over the East Coast, you know, maybe from other states as well. And so really what the goal of all this is, This is a perfect area for esports just as far as you know it's a great sports area it's a great area just in general you know so many gaming and tech companies here and then i really think this can be the esports capital north america because when you look at places right now it's la and i believe it's like san francisco or san diego but it's really you know expensive crowded areas that there are right now within eSports. You know, Vegas is another one, which, you know, still. And then, but well, as far as on the East Coast, you know, Raleigh pretty much is the East Coast capital for eSports at the moment. I mean, there is some big stuff in New York, you know, Epic Games located here. And there's so much around here that so many people don't know about. Like I told people, I said, oh, yeah, I'm from Cary. It's right outside of Raleigh. I so said, Cary is where Epic Games is located. I'm like, oh, word? because <clears throat> that's a long go out of town and so you know by providing this facility we're providing you know a place obviously to grow and expand cbs esports, yeah. as well as providing to the community and bringing in so many, many gamers from other states you know helps boost the economy helps boost esports, and then there's other goals in the future that i won't say on here but you know I, t- I can tell you over the phone
0: yeah Wow, man! I mean, that's that's great. I absolutely love the the growth of the sense of the community. I mean, especially as you know, some people may or may not know. You know, I live literally a city over in Raleigh, <laughs> so it's just like the whole aspect of growing the the community with the esports and everything along, you know, what you're doing. Like I said earlier, with the schools and the coaching and the programs and just showing a, a different sense of the community that I think is really you know, versatile and influential and just, like, positive. I mean, even with, you know, as we've, everyone's probably noticed with the growth of technology and everything everyone's been doing online since this pandemic started, I mean, it's going to be a really big jump, I think. And I'm really excited to see the growth of it, and I'm really excited to just, like, see where everything's at in August, you know? And um, uh, I think it's like I said earlier before I even got you on, you know, it's always an honor to have you on here. You always know all the bullet points to hit when it comes to the growth, the the inspiration of it all. Just like, I mean, you're, you're you're all around great humans. So, I mean, I don't really expect anything less. Um, so just to kind of wrap it up here, like I always do, because I definitely want to make sure we save a little bit of something for next time around, you know, and once we open back up, once we open up in uh, August, um, leave everyone with a piece of advice. Um, no matter what, like, place you want to put it in. Just any, any type of Advice.
1: Advice. I was always being proactive. I know I follow Greg Cardone on Instagram. I've listened to a good amount of his books. And then he was putting out the 10X rule. And he said that this book was made, you know, for hard time. And then I was just reading the book, listening to it. And then I was, you know, we didn't open. A lot of money poured into this. But he was talking about during 08, 09. He said he, when he did it. Everybody stopped. They were like, "Oh, I'll just you know use my money I have." He said, "Oh, I'm gonna cut back on expenses, everything like that." He says, "When people try to save money, he says not just saving money; they're saving, you know, energy, they're saving resources, they're saving ideas." And he was talking about being proactive, thinking, you know, ways to do things. And within that, he was saying he well, he cut his own salary. He said he hired people, he expanded, he invested in training for his employees. And he said that when, as it was coming to an end, and then, you know, all these other companies like, okay, we can start up again, He and they, but the thing is they lost so much momentum and it takes months to get back started. He said they were going full force because, you know, they hadn't stopped. They could focus on, you know, expanding. And it's you know, always thinking of different ideas, always find a way to you know, actually do what you want to do. because. I mean, obviously, some things, if you want to open a restaurant, you know, that's very challenging, you know, for what you want to do to open a restaurant during a time like this. But you always have to be thinking of different ideas, different things that you can do. I know some gym owners, what they did was they rented out their equipment and they did, you know, online personal training with clients. And what it really does is force you to think. I mean, you know there's two types of people you know those that go get and say okay how can we make this happen and they know there's people that make excuses with it so and I mean this is the perfect time because you know been happening since March which some jobs have come back but where people you know they can learn those new skills that they wanted to learn beforehand and do different things read different books and the main thing I'll say, which I've been really been working on, as he talks about omnipresent in the 10X rule. He said, be omnipresent, be everywhere, you know. That doesn't mean you have to be traveling to New York and LA and all those places. I mean, depending on where your business is, but it means anything local, you know, related to your business, be there. Any newspaper article. You know, try to get on there be on all the social media platforms and, and like most of this stuff just takes you know time and energy it doesn't even take money and so you know but it means that be willing to put in the work for it
0: i love it be proactive you know i, I think that's that's a that's a beautiful piece. It's a piece of advice that everyone should definitely should definitely follow and start integrating into things so I, thank you so much again for coming on this podcast i'm sure i'll talk to you here soon mm-hmm. we'll, well, I know we'll talk soon, that's for sure. But um, <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, again, man, it's always been a pleasure. I appreciate you touching, you know, on all the points that I always try to integrate into this again. So uh, thanks, man.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Looking forward to being one again.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, just seeing you face-to-face here sometime soon.
1: <laughs> Whenever. Our internet wants to get installed, then that's the only holdup, so. Well, I I have fairly high hopes, and I'm really
0: excited, so I will talk to you soon, man. I hope you have a great rest of your night. All
1: right, you too as well.
0: All right, bye.